Brian. Scott. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, Brian. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to you. <laughs> Why, thank How you. was your Father's Day? Did you have a good one? No, it was brutal. It was oh. awful. It was so bad. It was so bad. Actually, I guess I'll talk about my Father's Day. We'll just treat the listeners. How bad could it be? Well, I it's my fault that it was bad. I ruined it. I ruined it for myself. Uh, uh but I, I'm I, assuming for your family also. <laughs> um, I would say less so for my family. I think I managed to isolate myself with the pain, but they definitely caught some shrapnel. Right. So what what happened was on Saturday night, uh, my daughter took a bath, and then after the bath, the water like would would not drain out. It was definitely like the tub was clogged. Now this has happened before. I don't really know what the issue is, but. I have learned from experience that when I try and fix this on my own, I work very hard for hours and hours and hours, and it doesn't get fixed. And then my super comes up with this air blaster plunger gun he has, and it fixes it in 30 seconds. So I was like, I'm not going to waste. I'm going to learn. I'm going to be smarter, and I'm not going to waste my time. I'm just going to wait to call the super in the morning. So morning comes around. I text the super. I go out for a nice little walk, a little me time on Father's Day. Super text back. He's not available till Monday. So can't fix the tub. So I'm like, all right, fine. I'm just going to go buy my own air blaster plunger gun. So I go, to the, I go to the hardware store. They don't have it. So I go to a second hardware store. They don't have it. I come out of the hardware store. I get a text from my boss that I wasn't thrilled with about something I had to do this week that I didn't think I had to do. So I wasn't happy about that. And at this point too, now we have like, I have like a half hour before I have to leave to go to my parents' house in New Jersey. The bathtub is unusable. So no one can shower. And I know that once I get out there to them, my dad is going to notice I haven't showered. They're both going to be on our case about why we didn't bring stuff to shower at their house. And why not even just spend the night and all this craziness and they won't let it go, and it's relentless, which is exactly what I was trying to avoid in the first place. Right. I was stopping at a Lowe's on the way home, thinking I'll get my air blaster plunger gun there, no dice, and the employees there were not sympathetic to my plight at all. <laughs> and so we get home, and we were actually all supposed to go for, like, Haley was going to ride her bike, and, you know, we were going to go for a walk. But I bought something at Lowe's to be like, let me try this. So I'm like, we'll go. Let me just do this. And then we'll go. And I couldn't do it. And I was just defeated. We didn't go on the walk. I'd been anxious about this all day. And my wife, God bless her, finally just goes, Scott, you got to like, you've ruined your whole day because you're obsessed with this. Just let it go. We're not going to be able to use the shower till tomorrow morning. Right, it's, it's over. okay. Just it's okay. let it go. <laughs> she was right. And I was like, I don't know why. I, you know, it all stemmed initially from anxiety about Your my parents, parents reacting parents. to it. Right. And then when we were with them and they were causing me the anxiety, I started to look on like websites like Lowe's to find this thing. And I just could not get out of right. the loop. But I ruined my own Father's Day by being totally obsessed with fixing my t- and then the super came on monday morning at 10 a.m and 
he was gone in five minutes and our shower was working. <laughs> so, so there was no need for any of that. No. No. <laughs> I did it again. I did but it you again, just Brian. Knew you weren't going to have enough uh, exculpatory material for your parents in order to properly explain what the yeah. right it was <laughs> the basically level of questioning that you were going to receive exactly the they were going to launch a full investigation <laughs> they were going to form a select committee and right. they were going to collect testimony and if i like my hair was a mess and i couldn't it was going to be noticeable either way if i wore a hat they would be like why are you wearing a hat if i don't wear a hat what's going on with your hair? like there was no avoiding it and it happened and i ruined it how well, was your father's day that's sad it was I okay. I coached a baseball game for my son. Oh. And then he had a football game where he scored a touchdown. Um, which I was saw it. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. A little stop and go. Got stop and the defense, go. Yeah. Went down and got it, no less. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice little scoop and score. Um, so that was nice. I found my children's homemade school gifts particularly half-assed this year. I don't know (laughs) (laughs) if I blame them or the teachers for that. I was going to ask who you blame for that. But my cardboard tie, you know, with my favorite (laughs) things on it or whatever, they just seemed particularly uninspired. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, having to fake it, fake that enthusiasm for them. Because Nate was very excited with what he made. Oh, was he? Um, uh, although Nate did my favorite song, uh, Nate's response. Nate's best guess was "H to the Izzo," which I thought was <laughs> a great choice. I yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I would, you know, say that's my favorite song, but it's certainly a song I enjoy, and it's funny that he picked up on that. Yeah. So I wonder when he he learned that about me, but uh, it was very funny. Um, but yeah, otherwise it was, it was fine, you know, whatever. Yeah. You're really, you're in the youth sports scene, man. You're coaching everything. I know the baseball, I was a mistake. Like <laughs> basketball was fun. Cause I was coaching, you know, like, um, telling them what to do. I'm putting them in and out of the game. Yeah. Having a practice, trying to help them out. Like, I mean, it was a lot of work. But at least you were coaching the team. Baseball is like babysitting, and you just drew the, you know, no one knows where to go. It's boring as hell. The games take forever. Like, it's just the lineup. But, like, I don't know. It just was like, I didn't really enjoy it. And last, this was the last game of the year, and I was super excited to get this off my plate. To be done. <laughs> oh, man. Like, just like, thank you, God. I mean, I Haley Haley's in softball, and I just you know going there and watching them, and you know watching them learn the rules to to baseball or whatever. I just start thinking back to childhood and like, how the hell were we all such big baseball fans at any points in our lives? It's so confusing. The it's rules so make hard. no sense. Like, how did we how did we even figure the game out? Let alone become like dedicated fans of it as kids baseball with young kids is tough because the force plays and the tag and when there's not a force play and you can catch it but you know force it just like you know tagging up and and they this league so it's my son's seven 
it really should just be T-ball. And it's like they're trying it. They want it to be everything, you know, like, so it's <laughs> coach pitch. But if you three strikes, they put it on a T and they keep score, but then they do all these, you know, weird thing. You know, it's like five run limited per inning. And so it's just like over-engineered, worst of everything. Like, you know what I mean? It's either we're just out here having fun and the kids are running around and learning baseball and we just try to get this thing over with. And you know what I mean? They have a good time or, or we play baseball. Right. You know, and it's like they're trying to like thread this needle and it's, it's a nightmare. Um, they're trying to make everybody happy. That sounds like they have a case of participation trophy phobia. Yes, like, but the, but they're trying to please the participation trophy parents and the people who want it to be baseball, you know, and like they're making no one happy. It's right. Like, yeah. Right, but that's what I mean. There does you're you're exactly right. It should just be T-ball. They kids do not need to be competing yet. They don't need to know who's the loser. Because that's what everyone cares about. Not who's the winner, who are the losers? Because they're the ones with their participation trophies. Right. But then they're like, they also don't want the kids who strike out to feel bad. So let's get the T out. Although that's even more embarrassing, I'd argue. And then <laughs> everybody hits. But then some innings, there's three outs. And it's just a mess. It's yeah. like, and you can't even figure out the rules yourself. And like, uh But even thinking back, is there, do you remember a time of childhood where you thought to yourself, like, man, I don't really get baseball. I can't. I can't right. really remember it. But I, my dad tells the story my first time up in T-ball. I sent one flying into the outfield, and I ran around first base, and I just kept going into the outfield. And then the guys <laughs> caught the ball, and they chased me all over the outfield, and I finally got tagged out in, like, deep left center. <laughs> <laughs> and I came back to the dugout crying because I'd been tagged out. <laughs> so clearly i didn't have a total grasp of the rules then but i you know i don't remember that right um, i remember minors and that's like third grade fourth grade yeah and i remember knowing how to play i remember pitching fourth and fifth grade and then like sixth and seventh. so anyway whatever isn't it funny how you're a baseball coach until it's like the professionals and then you become the manager i don't know what they call it in college baseball do they call him the coach or the manager? That's a good question. You're probably, I bet you're the coach. Yeah. I think next year you should do it again and insist that everybody refer to you as the manager. I will do that. Yeah. They did refer to me as the manager in materials um, for the league. So. Really? I'm impressed. <laughs> Maybe that's one thing they got right. Yeah. All right. They did that. I'll absolve them of all their other, all their other missteps and I'll give them that. Uh, Brian, did you watch the U.S. Open on your Father's Day? I did, but I had to had it interrupted because of this football game. So then I recorded it, and I was able to avoid spoilers, and I watched oh. it um, seamlessly after I got home. And that's great. It was a good open, actually. Um, Mike I was Stewart a won bit it. Surprised by the outcome, I must say. Um, I thought Mr. Scheffler was going to win yeah um and i was surprised that he didn't you know it's interesting because all the big times the golf tournaments come down where there's like you know whatever it's always whatever four or five guys have a chance to win on the back nine on sunday 
and you know usually the guy who's the best of the players wins you know um of the guys who are in and so i did think scheffler was going to um emerge as kind of like announce himself which i don't think he didn't do that like i was saying to my family right before he he had a putt that would have forced a playoff on 18 and i was saying to my family right before he hit it that if scotty scheffler is who it's maybe looking like he might be he's gonna make this putt you know and he didn't make it but he hit a good enough putt that I. it's not fair to say that he's not... Like, he hit the putt he needed to make. He hit a good putt. Right. You know, sometimes they don't go in. It wasn't like a 10-footer. It was like 20 feet. He hit a damn good putt. He gave it a chance. So, like, he's capable of those moments. So, I, I'm not ruling out Scotty Scheffler as about to emerge as, you know, the best of this group of guys that are kind of vying for that title right now. I think he's... But, but I was expect. I thought... He had a chance to like make a huge statement, you know, and it didn't quite happen for him, but he didn't cost himself either. Scotty Scheffler did not cost himself, but he did cost me. And he has now in all three of this year's majors, he has cost me. He won the Masters. I did not bet on him and I bet on him in the last two majors and he has not won. First one, mother one, he missed the cut, and uh, then he was right in hurt. it. Yeah, that putt, so that putt hurt. On the yeah, you were yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I had Matsuyama. I was like, oh man. Oh yeah. This be the most backdoor thousand dollars I ever won in my life. <laughs> <laughs> when seventeen, he's in the fairway. He's got a wedge in his hand. If he sticks it close, he can get himself to four under. When it wouldn't have mattered anyway, but he hits. He chunked it. Just completely yeah. chunked it. Um, yeah, this was the first major that I had no money on Morikawa, and he boy he I mean I know he shot himself out in the third round like yeah I, mean, I was hoping we were going to get a Scheffler Morikawa duel on Sunday for like current alpha yeah that would have been really fun you know yeah um, you know Rory too had a it was a it was like it was a very good open but it like didn't quite come together the way as often happens and in fact not often as almost always happens in golf tournaments like it never quite you know works out the way you're hoping because um, it's somewhat of a miracle when you really do get these moments because you had Rory in there and he he you know he never lost he never like fell apart but he just never quite got where he really thought he had a chance to win Morikawa was right there but couldn't quite um you know get himself over the hump and you know Scheffler was 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 in it till the end but you know there was all these guys around we ended up with this sort of Zalatoris Fitzpatrick Scheffler duel that was still you know it was it was a damn good open um and I thought the course was really fun but uh didn't you know the fireworks didn't quite happen yeah I just thought Fitzpatrick uh, I, this morning I saw a picture on Instagram of him standing next to JJ Redick and you know, JJ Redick suffers from white basketball player syndrome where you don't think of him as being that big, but like, he's probably huge. Right. Right. But in the picture of him standing next to Fitzpatrick was so Fitzpatrick looked like an eight year old boy. <laughs> like, like, I mean, he already has braces, which doesn't help. But then his size next to JJ Reddick, he just looked like a kid, like a high a school child. kid. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but J.J. Reddick, right, is probably 6'5", right? Right, I'm sure he's huge. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But yeah. because he's like, I mean, I'm sorry, but it's just like, he's white, so you're just like, well, he's not as big as like, yeah. <laughs> like the other guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I didn't think that helped. But whatever, that guy's the champ. This is the US. Patrick's a crazy hard worker. Apparently, apparently, he has like an Excel file of every shot he hits. Of That's every crazy. round he ever plays so that he like practice rounds, everything so that he can like identify tendencies and, you know, find patterns and see like, oh, I'm, I'm suddenly I'm hitting it to the right 5% more than I was some month ago. Like maybe I need to like, he's like insane. Jeez. Big data. Right? Yeah. yeah. Big analytics guy. So we, we didn't want to talk about live live golf this week but your best bud brooks kepka he's leaving us no choice brian i'm now really excited about live golf and what it's doing for the game of golf i saw this proposal i was watching tv that the the pga tour one it is very funny in fairness to the players who are leaving it is very humorous that the PGA Tour has seemingly suddenly found out of nowhere mountains of money that they can now add to the <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly there's, but like next, by beginning in like 2023, they're proposing potentially like eight no-cut events with massive purses um, that would feature like the top 65 players in the world, that kind of thing. Um which would be really fun. So suddenly you're going to have a lot more really cool marquee PGA tour events, you know, in addition to the regular schedule and, you know, which sounds really cool. So anyway, like, and these changes to their schedule and format that sound really compelling and exciting, bigger purses, more no cut, like, you know, best player events. And then you got rid of, basically every all the worst least likable douchiest pga players you got rid of phil mickelson yeah dustin johnson patrick reed brooks kepka bryson DeChambeau, sergio garcia ian poulter lee westwood just the stinkiest worst most annoying group of players just like exercise them like a cancer and now you're left with all the good guys that you like and enjoy rooting for in a potentially a better format so maybe you know we say thank you to greg norman and his compatriots for you know cleansing the pga tour of all its worst elements while improving the product i do think it's good like i think it's good and it is funny when an organization like the pga is outraged by competition yeah, you know, just that it exists. It's unfair. Like, oh, is it? Is it unfair to you? Okay, but uh, yeah, and I think it it brings good things, especially something like golf, like just you know stuffy and traditionalist and whatever. And it's just like it's they're giving them no choice but to modernize. Right. Even though like none of the changes that they are up, <laughs> like there's nothing about the live format that is like that I would advise the PGA tour to borrow. Right. Right. Like that's, what's so weird about live is like, it's like new and different. And you're like every new, every adjustment seems worse than it's like 54 holes, like no cuts, uh, team concept, shotgun starts like that one, I guess on Thursday and Friday could maybe be interesting. Cause all the good players would be on the course at the same time. 
But like a shotgun start on a Sunday would be terrible. What's a shotgun start? That's where you have a group on every hole and they oh. just everybody starts at the same time. Mm. That'd be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. That means you don't have people coming up 16, 17, and 18. Right. You know, all playing the same holes with the thing. That's that's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, that does suck. Right. I mean, their contribution is just money. Right. (laughs) Just tons of money. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Dirty oil money. But Kepka, man, it was too much. Did you see his press conference of him? I didn't see it. I read read about it, definitely. But... I mean... (laughs) It's just unbelievable. Like, he's so outraged. He's like, I just think you guys, you know, ruining this sucks. This is shitty that, you know, like (laughs) wrecking the U.S. Open week with these questions, you know. And it's just like, well, like they were like, well, you know, this eight events and you get to play in the majors. Like, that sounds like for somebody like you that doesn't really like to play a, a heavy schedule. Like, that seems like it could be appealing. And he's like, like, well, like. I haven't done it yet. You know, it was just like, <laughs> clearly you're going to this thing and we all know it. And that's what we're getting at. So like, what are you, it's just unbelievable when somebody's like you media, I hate, I don't love, I'm no friend of the media generally, but like, I hate when they act like these are terrible questions or you're being an asshole because they're asking you a perfectly legitimate question that is, you know, is right. You're considering this. No, Absolutely. I mean, right. I, I'm not going to say that there's no issue with the media. But I hate people whose number one thing is to hate the media. I'm sorry. Are you just too stupid to understand what's going on? Or are you too dumb to sort through everything? Or do you just n- not like to receive information? Like, what's the real problem here? Because the all oh, the media, all they want to talk about is this. Nobody's talking about that. Like, the media is talking about that because your stupid brain won't stop consuming it. <laughs> All right. Also, because like you're going to it, and that's what they were asking you. And right. It's a dominating conversation, and they wouldn't be doing their jobs if they just were like, "Well, we know all this is happening, but like we're here to talk about the U.S. Open." Like because you would prefer to just talk about the U.S. Open does not mean that they have to. Right. Like that's insane and stupid. Also, I bet if they asked you about, say, your workouts, you wouldn't be offended by it, even though that has nothing specifically to do with the U.S. Open. Right. When they asked you about your wedding, you had no issue answering. You seemed perfectly chipper to expound on, even though that takes away from what we're here to talk about, which is the U.S. Open. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think, see, I don't see Brooks Kepka as a big loss for the PGA Tour. He barely played. He's not good in regular events. I don't even. I, I don't think he's nearly the player that the rest of the golf world thinks he is. I, I consider him something of a fluke, personally. Um, he has now he missed the cut at the at the Masters. He was terrible at the PGA. He was terrible at the U.S. Open. He's been hurt. He doesn't play a lot. He's probably terrible for. <laughs> pro-ams and growing you know whatever the pga tour needs those guys to do like um i don't see i don't think they've lost anybody that i would if i were them i would view as existential yeah yeah you're probably right i mean he's probably the biggest name well not like shambo stings the most because he really does move the needle um and that you think to shambo more than brooks Yes. Okay. 
I think people like watching Bryson DeChambeau play and are really interested in his. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that. Brooks Kepka's good-looking guy. He's long. He's won four majors. He 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 probably moves the needle too. But I don't think he moves the needle from a week in week out PGA Tour perspective. Like, oh, I'm gonna watch the Travelers in Hartford because Brooks Kepka is there. I like. I do right. think Bryson DeChambeau impacts TV ratings in that in a way that Brooks Kepka does not. Interesting. Interesting. I've probably seen way more Brooks Kepka than Bryson DeChambeau. Um, but I trust your judgment on this one. It's probably about, you know, all that, you know, like the length of his drive, like you said, his relationship to Dude Perfect. Just the news he generates. Like, he generates yeah. controversy. I guess Kepka does too. I'm, I'm maybe underselling Kepka because I can't stand him and I don't like watching him play. Um, it is funny that they hate each other so much, but they're both going to live. I know, but that, I guess that could be, that's where if you're the PGA Tour, that rivalry, losing that rivalry and giving it to them, that's probably, that was probably your worst case scenario. You would have liked to have kept one of them right. rather than having them go as a pair because that was a nice little drama thing for the tour. Do you think the Saudis will just group them together all the time now? They would if they're smart. Right. I mean, I'm sure that's going to be, they'll be on different teams. Yeah. And that's like... Um, I think they should have had the team should be the manufacturers because that's like the only, like in the way that F1, it's like Ferrari and Mercedes. Oh, it's like cool. team Callaway, team Bridgestone, team TaylorMade. Like that would probably be really difficult to organize. But then if you're a fan, at least there's, there's an in there. Yeah. Um, who's your, if, if they did that, like formula one, like what would your brand be? What team? Would you root for? <laughs> I don't know. I have Titleist clubs, so I guess that that would be my team. Okay, and you have Titleist because those are the kinds of balls that Kramer hit into the ocean, into the whale. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just like the way they look. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, maybe they should do that. I think I would root for TaylorMade. Right, but that would give you an in, right? Yeah. If you're a fan, at least then you can buy those, you can play those clubs and you're right. like on the team and it gives you some kind of reason for rooting for a golf team, which is like very difficult <laughs> yeah, to that's find weird. a compelling reason to do that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. Like, I don't get what Liv is trying to do. I really don't. I mean, I don't, I just don't get how an eight event golf series with eight of the best 50 players in the world with no cuts and 54 holes and no stakes of any kind can, can, and no television rights, you know? Well, I just, I I don't just endless money. I guess you just throw enough money at some point. Well, I also I don't think that they're actually focused on building a lasting sports brand or league. I think they're trying to enter culturally enter into the West despite the Khashoggi murder. And I think that's kind of the point of all this. Yeah. More so than the actual like we think golf could be done better than how the PGA is doing it and this is what we're going to do. Right. I guess like I, I I guess I still I will say I don't totally get why 
they can't coexist somehow. Like, it's only eight events, right? Like, well, right. They, they got to drop the team thing. Like, just play eight tournaments. Right. And invite the best players in the world. Yeah. And make it a, like instead of giving them all this money up front, just hold eight team tournaments and make the prize money gigantic and no cuts. And that sounds like a good idea. Like, why are they signing these? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Who cares? I guess we've already given Liv the whole thing probably more attention. <laughs> right. Right. It's just silly. It just seems like a shame that you're going to have these guys like not playing on the PGA tour anymore. Um, like the guy again, the funny, the funniest guy who joined to me is Ricky Fowler. Who's like a big name and everybody likes him, but he stinks now. <laughs> <laughs> like this. I mean, I don't blame him. It's like, dude, I literally can't even earn a living anymore on the PGA tour. <laughs> <I can't. laughs> these guys are going to give me like a, fortress of money because i look like <laughs> justin bieber and you know what do you want me to do yeah 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 well i agree enough of live we've talked about them too much let's get to the knicks brian the nba finals are over the golden state warriors are our champions i think it's worth bringing up that uh on sunday night bill simmons and Rosillo basically had the conversation we had about steph how it's silly to compare him to LeBron. Actually, Simmons was like, maybe it's not so silly. And Russillo was like, are you kidding me? It's silly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then ended up comparing him with Durant a little bit. So in other words, you and I ahead of the curve. Right. Okay. So we're good with that. Uh, So Golden State, now the champs. Does that change your opinion of Curry at all? Or it's all pretty much all the things you said stand? Yeah, I mean, I think whether he's now a top 10 player all time, it's probably fair, right? Like, is he better than Hakeem, Shaq? Well, the debate they had is, did he jump Kobe? Kobe, right. That is, I think that is the, the, the right person. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was listening to them talk about it, and I guess I would agree that... So what's the significance of them, right? Like there's a whole generation of kids who, or who are now adult, like full grown adults, probably in their twenties, some in their early thirties who still yell Kobe when they take a shot. Yeah. So his impact was, but Steph, like there are very few people who actually change the way the game is played. Like when we played basketball in your driveway, or anywhere. No one was really taking deep shots. Like, you would occasionally. But when we were kids, everyone was trying to get to the hole. When I watch bas- kids play basketball at the school I work at now, everyone is trying to shoot from the logo. I got to tell kids, you can't shoot from half court. Because you're not going to hit it. And hitting the backboard so hard messes with our shot clock. And that's not cheap. So stop firing half court shots. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, what does that mean? Like, what is that? Why does he get any? Why do we like? Why does that make him like better than somebody else? Because people take like I I, I just don't know that he facilitated that change or that change enabled him. You know, like 
there was a understanding of the value of a three pointer that also shifted at the same time that he happened to be playing, right? Like, right, yeah. Did he, you know, instigate that change, or you know, or was it this statistical revolution that happened to coincide with? I don't know. Like, that's true. I feel like it's probably. I might say that he's better than Kobe, but I don't think I would say it in front of Kobe. If that makes sense. <laughs> right. I mean, I definitely wouldn't say it in front of Kobe. He's well, like, I feel him. like I would look Kobe in his face and tell him LeBron is better than him. I don't think I would have the nerve to to look into Kobe's eyes and tell him that I think Steph Curry is better than he is. <laughs> I guess I guess that's true, but that almost makes me want to do it even more. Right, I hear you. But I'm just saying that's like yeah. that's where I think that's it, the test. That's where it lands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. But more importantly, the finals are over, and now the offseason is in full swing, and there seems to be a new Knicks rumor every 15 minutes. Yeah. And by the time people are hearing this, we're going to know what they did, right? Or no? No. Thursday morning. So we'll know Thursday evening, right? Right. Right. The draft. Yeah. So we're almost about to know. Um, our poor friend, friend of the pod, Matt, is reacting with full emotion to every Knicks rumor. Um, so where are you at with it? What do you I guess? Th- should we talk first, right? We got to talk about Kyrie. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> are we getting Kyrie? No, <laughs> I think we're just in there for like a threat. Definitely. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, that seems so obvious to me that that is his agent. Yeah. Sending that to Shams to be like, all right, Nets, you want him to go to the Knicks? right is that where you want him to be you want him with the lakers right except every knicks fan in the city is telling the nets like we're not no no one wants him he's not coming here don't even pay any attention to that he is amazing he like you know it's like (laughs) it's i don't know like i i get where it's insane like i would rather have like a convicted rapist be our you know what i mean like his crimes his crimes are not equivalent at all to how much i hate him like he has done nothing that really you know what i mean yeah actually warrants the loathing that i have for him but i don't care like if you told me like he strangled a guy on the subway i'd be like well you know he's still a hell of a player but like <laughs> Kyrie irving just his everything about him i just cannot deal with him right now like i don't need him in my life i totally agree <laughs> like because it's the same problem as a, as like with randall but worse just you suck to root for at this point and there's no accountability with it whatsoever it's everyone else is the problem not you you barely play i guess what well, was since he's been with the nets there's been 226 games and he's played in like 103 of them yeah but it's the city's fault or it's uh, you know it's not him yeah 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 and when it, in the instances where it is him it could be mental health so don't say anything Right. He's just unbearable. Like, I would rather my football team trade for Deshaun Watson than have the Knicks. I agree. Kyrie Irving. And I know that's insane. And that doesn't really make any sense. But it's just, he's just makes my blood boil in a way that's like, that's not the point of sports. 
I'm supposed to have fun watching them. And there yeah. won't be any fun having him on the Knicks. No, no. He is. I, I, I agree with you. That's a really interesting way to put it, too, because, right, if I had to describe to, say, my wife, who knows nothing of Kyrie Irving or the NBA, why I hate him so much, as I was explaining it to her, I'm sure I would sound just like the pettiest right, like a loser. loser. <laughs> right, exactly. But he is the worst. <laughs> he just right. is. He's just like, no, no, thank you. It's like, just this, uh... it's this totally uncredible arrogance that he has. Yeah. It's he is so much like he's like not even smarter than the rest of us. He's just like existing on a higher plane than we are. You right. know, like, the rest of us are like sheep. Right. So he can't explain himself. Not because, you know, any other reason that we just wouldn't understand because he's too high level of a being for us. Right. Of a thinker. Yeah. Oh, God. I can't. I can't. Right. I don't see any way that that happens anyway. I mean, no. You know, I do think if the Knicks could do it, they probably would. Um, I don't think they would feel the way we're thinking. Like, and I don't think they would be that worried about spending all the money on him and the risk. I, I bet if the opportunity, if this actually came to be, if things actually fell apart with the Nets, I think um, they would probably be interested. I don't think Kyrie would really want to come to the Knicks. No way. And I don't think that. This is a real rumor. Yeah. No way he wants to come here. There's no shot. I do think this is real. Like, I think he is... I, I do think this this thing with the Nets is for real, though. Like, I don't know where what's going to happen with Kyrie, but I do think at some point, you know, player empowerment's great and all. I'm certainly not taking the side of the owners. But Kyrie might be the one to finally put it to the test. Like, can any NBA star get a max contract if they demand it? Yeah, I mean, but what are they going to do? Like, I think, I mean, what do you think they're angling for? Like, just a shorter term deal? Or, I mean, there's no way they're going to actually let him walk, right? Or would they trade him? Maybe they would consider some kind of. Yeah, maybe they maybe they would, but I don't know. I could see it. I mean, the guy has barely played. It's been five years. He's also been amazing when he plays. Absolutely, you know. But it's been five years of this now, and he's going to command a max salary, and he's a constant issue. Like he just like, I mean, outside of COVID, there were stretches two seasons ago. He just disappeared. Steve Nash had no idea where he was. Right. That's true. That was like, just like he was going through some stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't explain it, not just to the media, but even to the organization. They seemed as in the dark as everybody else. Like there does come a point, I think, where you can't just get away with that anymore. You know, it's not that his talent is diminished, but he's 30 years old. If he gets a max deal, it's going to be for five years. Like, do you really, like, what are they going to do is a good question, but what are they going to do in three years with 33-year-old Kyrie? I don't think he's going to get more stable, less injury-prone. It wouldn't shock me is all. I'm not saying he's not awesome or he has no value, but it wouldn't shock me if they decided, like, you know what? You're not a max player. You do have max player talent. But when we look at the whole package, you're just not. 
Yeah. He is a little like, and he's much better, but he is a little like a Stefan Marbury where you just wonder like, no matter how good he is, this is just never, I mean, I, he, actually, I shouldn't say that. He won a freaking championship. Like he's not bad, but um, if he's your, your guy, I, I don't know, man. He, he, we're talking about this guy averaged 27 points a game on like 50, 40, 90 shooting. <laughs> like three years in a row. Which three years? How old was he? The last three, 27, 28, 29. Wow. The last three years, basically. But yeah, he's missed a ton of games all three years. Yeah. But those, are, those are very good numbers. With no. five boards and like six assists. No, he he is a great player, certainly. If that's all you needed to worry about, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. But there's just extra shit. I don't know. Eventually it starts to matter, I think. But maybe not. I mean, who knows? Nothing seems to matter anymore in this world. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, maybe their goal is just, yeah, it's not going to be as long or brutal an extension as it otherwise would be. And, um, uh, you know, it's just some posturing here. I just, you know, I don't think we have to take the idea that he's going to play for the Knicks all that seriously. I'm no, I'm treating it like it never, no one had said that. Right. (laughs) Where are you with the Brogdon rumors? I don't really care. I mean, I don't see that happening either. I certainly don't think they're going to just trade the 11th pick in the draft for him straight up. I think it would be some part of some other deal that they're doing. Um, I think he's a pretty okay player. Um, I hope they don't do that. I think I'd rather just make quickly the starter for looking at someone like that um, and draft a guy at 11 and keep going. I don't know, man. I don't, I really don't know. Like I, I think they're going to do – I think everything is – I really think they do want to get Ivy, um, and they're going to make a huge effort. I just think I'm like, let's say they don't. Like, what do they want to do? Like, what do they – do they want to get rid of Randall? Do they not? Do they like him still? Do they want to pull it – like, I, I just have no feel for what they, like – you know? Yeah. No, you're – I. you're right. I have no idea what they would do. I mean, that's kind of why – if we can't get Ivy, I don't necessarily have a problem with getting Brogdon for the 11th pick. Like, who is the 11th pick going to be? I have no idea. Were you excited when we got the 11th pick? I wasn't. No, but I'm you know? excited about the idea of another young player that we can plug in. and. Um... Yeah, but I mean, I, do, I feel like we have enough young players. You know, we need somebody that's like a stabilizer. And I just think Brogdon, look, I get... He's injury prone. He barely plays, but he's cheaper than Jalen Brunson, who we don't know is if he's worth all that money. And then, you know, look, with the 11th pick, it could be another guy that ends up, you know, on the fringes of the rotation. And Tommy Beer is tweeting out his plus minus numbers every night, but he doesn't play that much because Tibbs doesn't trust him and this whole thing ensues and we have already he's have to get in line behind whoever this 11th pick is behind uh mcbride and grimes and sims and all the other people that nick's twitter wants to see constantly like we're it's just gonna be all young players that nick's twitter wants to see on the floor at all times and we just won't have enough spots for everybody 
I would be, I'm not saying I want Brogdon. That's certainly not my first choice, but if that's the backup plan and we get him instead of the 11th pick, I'm not saying I'd be excited about that, but I don't think that's a waste of that pick. Yeah, I guess it's just like, we need a star, right? So like, how do you get them? Like you get lucky in the draft and like, we just need to keep taking swings and hope we land a a Giannis or a Donovan Mitchell or a, so I don't know what they can get in the 11th pick, but it could be if, if, you know, I know what Malcolm Brogdon is. I know we don't need him. You know, we don't need him. I'm not saying he's, I like, I actually think he's a good player, Um, but we don't need him. So I wouldn't, I'd rather just, you know, give me another dice roll. Let me, let me another turn. Let me see if I can, I can pull up, you know, give me another. I mean, I guess, but like the, the, uh, the odds are that we're going to end up with another guy we don't need like a Knox or a Frank or a, yeah, you know, they're at least a lot cheaper and, and we're not, you know, we're not spending 20 million on, on a guy we know we don't need, you know? Yeah. I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying it wouldn't bother me. I would just be like, all right. Yeah, I mean, look, you're unlikely to get a player better than him with the 11th pick. Like, that's true. Um, But, like, if he was a free agent, I I I would be fine with them signing him. Yeah. I just, like, I'd rather rather take my turn. Where's your head at with Brunson? I don't think it's going to happen. Me either. We did hire his dad. We hired his dad. We got a Brunson. I feel 100% confident we'll have a Brunson in the organization, but I don't think it's going to be him. One Brunson is enough. It's all the Brunsons that we can handle. (laughs) (laughs) Are you more, less, or equally confident today as you were last week that we're getting Jaden Ivey? I mean, you got to say more. I mean, I was pretty confident already. I really think that might, I mean, I feel pretty good about it, right? Like the odds makers have put it as like, you know, once a guy like that wants to go there, it does, you know, like teams freaked out about that. Yeah. Um, They do, you know, even though the draft, look, you can't control where you go, but like, you know, it can have, you can, this is the time if you're going to do it to kind of make a move like that. Um he seems like the right prospect and that there's enough questions around him that like people are willing to listen to a trade for him. Yeah. But you can get, so you can get him. I don't know. Um, my God, I really hope that happens. That would be so exciting. I get a vibe off of him too. Not even like him, the person, but just the buzz around him of like, kind of like Kevon Thibodeau where we're going to get him. And then all of a sudden, as soon as we draft him, people are going to be like, wait, why did people not like Jaden Ivey that much? Right, what, like, right, I don't right. get it. What, what's right. the problem there? I could totally see him too, like blowing up summer league. And, you know, suddenly we're like all pumped up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it's, it's funny. Cause it's like, you know, if they don't make that move, right. And we draft what the, the kid from Duke or something. Um, yeah, and then, and then we don't get Jalen Brunson, and then we sign, we draft AJ Griffin. What do we do? We even do we re-sign Mitch, like, or he walks, and then we're like, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, this stinks. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that's what we got to do something, 
Right. But I don't know what it is. Right. Well, it's to get Jaden Ivey. That's it. Just get him. Right. They got it. They really, it's yeah. like, yeah. Come on, Leon. Succeed. Right. Because otherwise, too, like, they got to get, got to get freaking Randall out of here somehow. I know. Or Randall's got to be, man, he better come back. Just, you better be ready to go, Julius. Yeah. <laughs> right. Get ready for the Boo Birds early. Right. Just learn how to cope. Right. You're going to be, right, under the microscope. Yeah. Um, Big time. You're going to be put to the test. Yeah. Deservedly so. You know, and RJ, you said it in the group text the other day. I mean, all our happiness next winter is hinging on RJ. Right. Absolutely. RJ Barrett has to be a slam dunk all-star or else the Knicks are in big, big trouble. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No more talking about your age. Yeah. Just get out there and play and be good. You gotta be really good. Yeah, he's yeah. gotta be really good. Finish, hit your corner threes. Come on, Arch. Right. You really need to be good. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really important. Right. That you're very good. Regardless of our off season moves. We have a great off season, we have a disappointing off season. You could save us, RJ. Could, yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I know. He's very critical. I want to love him. I would like to like him a lot. Yeah. I, I Same with Obi. Obi, yeah. I'm ready to love you, Obi, more than I thought I could. I know. It all comes down to, right, was this a mirage or... Yeah. Was it real? Was it real, Scott? <laughs> Did we see something real? <laughs> it has to be, Brian. Otherwise, I don't want anything to be real. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Should we talk about giving up on voting? Yes. Rather than sports? Yeah. Tired of sports. Cares. I'm also tired of voting. I'm sick of voting. Can I tell I was texting with you. Can I tell the audience about my kind of last straw of voting? I just Please do. Away. One, I mean the Democrats, just forget it. Just Right. I mean, Go that, away. One, that headline of uh absolutely not worthless describing <laughs> the new gun reforms, which is just the slogan for the democratic party i mean if, if biden harris 2024 absolutely not worthless it's like <laughs> so perfect i can't even just absolutely not worthless <laughs> that is the democratic party motto we have a worth is it a lot no but i just can't i can't do any more voting for the worst of two evils like i need to vote for something good and really my last straw Bob Menendez, who is the corrupt senator from New Jersey, who is like the perfect example of like, okay, better than like, he's better than a Republican there, I guess. But he's got some shitty ideas about a lot of different things and is fairly corrupt. And his son is running for Congress. And the posters for his son say Rob. So Bob Menendez, the senator, has a son named Rob Menendez. (laughs) And the signs say Rob Menendez for Congress, and they are exactly the same as the Bob Menendez signs, like the fonts, the colors. It is quite clear this is an attempt to make you just go like, oh, I always vote for Bob Menendez. I'll vote Right, I'm just going to sneak on in, yeah. And, I mean, it's just so shameless and just so cynical. And, I mean, it's like that. You remember that old... Um, 
Eddie Murphy movie, The Distinguished Gentleman. Yes. Where, where he plays the name recognition game because he yeah. has the same name as whoever. It's like Thomas Jefferson, I think, yeah. is his name or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. right. And he just rides the coattail. Everybody thinks they're voting for this old guy who died or something. Like, it's just... It just makes you sick. You it know? does, yeah. Like, why? Why do I? Why does his son get to be a congressman? Why can't? Why is the Democratic Party going to all rally around his son to be a congressman? His dad's not even a particularly good senator, right? You know, and they're going to f- trick us into voting for this guy, like because he's the Democrat, and oh yeah, Menendez. I always vote for Menendez. Like, boom. I'm just God. Right? Can you not just get conned? Right. Yeah. Don't we just have a good candidate who I feel good about voting for because he's good and <laughs> and he believes good things and he's going to do a good job and he has a good resume and good qualifications. Is that too much to ask? I don't know. Well, on this side of the East River, we have a mayor, Brian, who I don't think he totally understands his job. I mean, he sort of does. <laughs> right. He's the mayor. He's John the mayor. Be on TV and be, you know, I'm in charge. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm the mayor. He just, he wants crime to go down. He doesn't understand why it's not happening. Right, he right. But he's going to make it happen. He's going to do it. He had a quote today about healthy school lunches and how he can't do it because every hot dog he takes away he loses a vote. <laughs> like, oh, Right. <laughs> No one eating in the schools can vote for you. God. And they don't serve hot dogs. You know, though, like, it does, unhealthy school lunches really does go to show you that Republicans can force themselves to be against anything. Right, right. we're for it. You yeah. Know? Put soda back in the schools. Like, yeah. What the hell is Why? wrong with you? Jesus Christ. Let <laughs> them eat French fries. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. God almighty. But no, you're right. I, I'm leaving the Democratic Party until they can actually put up a fight. Yeah, I mean, look, we vote, held our nose. We voted for Biden. And I think Biden's a good guy. And I, and I, I thought I really did think he was going to do a good job. And they had this historic opportunity. And like, I mean, nothing. They can't do it. It's just nothing. And and then I was reading some interview with the AP and he was touting his accomplishments and trying to do that thing of like, we did this, this, and this. And you're like, dude, you're really, you really are like, you're getting told by your folks, like we're on top of this, this, and this, like nothing, like that's not getting through to anybody. Yeah. Like, we are sleepwalking into like a bloodbath. You yeah. Know? Like, I mean, you know, we're definitely about to lose absolutely everything. We're going to have a Republican president, whether it's Trump or DeSantis in 2024. Yep. Like we're going to have no Supreme court. We're not even no Supreme court. I mean, we don't even just have a conservative Supreme court. We have a bunch of lunatics. On yeah. Supreme court, you know, and then we're yeah. going to have a really freaking conservative, you know, DeSantis is like, the guy the media is going to push on us. DeSantis is a nut bar. Yeah. You know, like Florida is the only state in the union that is not recommending kids take the vaccine. Like even I know. You know, Mississippi's looking over at them like what? Right. Like, you know, like they're on the leading edge of Republican nuttiness. And he's the, the like moderate 
you know, guy the media is going to push on us. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing moderate about that guy. You got to be kidding me. Bad shape. And even of the senators, the Democrats have two of them are freaking Republicans. Yep. Like, yeah, you know, we're, it's a disaster. They are. They are treating the current situation. They're like the guy in Austin Powers who's about to get run over by the steamroller. Plenty of time to get out oh of the way, fella. Why are you standing there screaming? Yeah. They're not doing anything. Oh, my God. And then exactly. So you're going to tell me I got to go vote for two shitty candidates in New Jersey. I got to vote for Rob Menendez's kid. You know, it's not going to do any difference. Yeah. I'm, they're going to win. In the Dem- they're going to win New Jersey. Yep. I'm not even in a competitive state. So I'm done with it. I agree. <laughs> Did Have you gotten any more into the January 6th hearings or are you still just out on all that? I haven't, no. Because it seems to me already the juice is, has been squeezed, no? Oh, no. I mean, I, I watched the one today. It's, it's crazy, man. It's so, but that's, that's, again, just goes to show that Democrats can't be trusted. Because how Republicans are kicking their ass so badly while this hearing is going on is unbelievable. It's unbelievable how bad how dishonest, however bad you thought all that post-election stuff was in 2020, it actually is like way worse than you thought. And they're revealing all of it. First of all, as I said last week, we can't even pull this off without Liz Cheney. Just wouldn't be able to do it without her. Right. You know, but even though we're doing it and they're doing a great job of it, it, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter at all come election time. So just what is the point? Just whatever. I give up. I give up. Yeah. I, I like, I, uh, you know, give in. Like, yep. We've lost. <laughs> yeah. And I just don't want to vote for people I don't actually like anymore. Like, I just don't want to pull the lever for somebody that I don't think, like, doesn't align with my. Right. Opinion. Earn my vote. Right. Right. Earn it. Right. Make me want to vote. I know. Yeah. Make me excited to vote. Right. Don't just say I have to vote because I have yeah, to because yeah. it's like, ah, ah, ah. I mean, I, my next vote. I'm not voting again for somebody that I'm not. It's not an affirmative. Yes. Right. Yeah. Agreed. I'm not voting defensively ever again. The next time I pull the lever, I want that person to represent me in the seat that I am voting for. Yes. I am no longer. I will never again pull that lever if I am not excited about doing it. Agreed. I think that's the new rule. Yeah. All right. Let's leave it at that, Brian. That was a very courageous statement. Thank you. (laughs) All right, fans. We'll talk to you guys next week.